The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Helliens. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. It is me as always, Mr. Maddie Treats. And I'm joined by my trio's tag team partners. To my left is none other than the educator of excellence educator how are you doing are you excited wait well before you before you answer this is a big weekend for you oh my goodness it's memorial weekend baby i got four days off from school four days off from from the driving school as well and no game store time this weekend my my question to you educator is uh is the yacht ready to go oh <laughs> It's sweet. The bar is all filled up. The yacht's all gassed up. We're ready to go. Do you have your Do you have your your greatest Steve Winwood hits ready to go? We got <laughs> absolutely fired up and ready to go. Getting that yacht rock. Is that why? Um, you know, a little. We did our pre pre show meeting, and uh, you, you talked about how you're kind of overglow right now. Is it because of the yacht? Is, is that what it is, too? We're getting into summertime. You We're want to be on the water? Summertime. It's a matter of we got, you know, three, four weeks left of school left. It's finals. It's wrapping up the last final chapter. It's just so much on my plate trying to grind everything together. And this show is definitely not as entertaining as it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why don't we talk to the man to our right who... Just like the educator, when he watches Glow, he also wishes he was getting wet. Mr. Kevin Hellions. Kevin, how are you? I thought you were going to say, speaking of not being as entertaining as it used to be. You could say I missed the yacht on that one. Ah. I'm just wondering why there's no game store for four days. Is Memorial Day also to honor the Koopas that perished in the great Mario Bowser War? Yes. Yes, it is. No, I've got out of town company coming up to visit from New York City. So uh, I, I thought they were already there. Uh, half are already here, taking advantage uh, of some right. hybrid work at home kind of deal. So staying up at a cottage of the families, and then uh, the husband's coming up to visit. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, Mr. Hellions, <laughs> this is a big week for you. People don't realize. I want this, the, the house glow, to be. 
um, you doing your official review of the Off Her Chops podcast. Mr. Hellions, what did you think of the first episode of Off Her Chops? The Off Her Chops podcast? Yeah. You haven't listened? Not, not, not yet. It's the official podcast of The Iconics. Oh, well, hell. You haven't listened to it yet? I didn't know about it. Uh, Jessica and Cassie here. Dang on. Podcast app open. <laughs> off, off her chops. Off her chops. They talked about, you know, how they got to the WWE. and Oh, what a fantastic career. logo, too. Jeez. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you would have already listened to it and five-starred the review. Is it video or just audio? I think just audio currently. Oh, that's a shame. But um, I, I, do believe, yeah, I, I, I do believe I just subscribed as well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've listened to the pilot episode. It's pretty good. I mean, they have great chemistry. They're really good friends. So, oh, this is an, um, this is an ASMR for me. So let me just say, if you're going to listen to a podcast, listen to them, and you could ditch ours. <laughs> like, just throw oh, it in the wall. No, no, no. You could do both. There's enough hours in the day. Is there though? Is there? I'm I'll um, do an iconic pose right now. No, jeez, please don't. Be your new show I logo. Don't, I don't want you to throw out your back, which well, I think is what would happen. It's just trying to get my booty to pop. You know what's funny, though, Kevin, is if we were still hanging out together, going to the bar in our 20s, we would do the iconic pose every day, all oh, the time. God, are you kidding me? Of course we would. <laughs> yeah. We definitely, definitely would. Um, So big news, guys, on my front here. I got to get your guys' advice. Um, as, as you guys know, I'm a huge Las Vegas guy. Um, all right. I think before the pandemic, the last year, I ended up going five times in one year. Um, in a I, row? In a row? In a row. One of them is a asterisk because I went to the Rumble in Arizona. My layover was in Vegas. There was a big snowstorm in Buffalo. I couldn't get back home. Um, so they said, you can stay in Phoenix for three days or you can go to Vegas, but we don't have any flights for the next two days or three days or whatever it is. And I said, well, I get free rooms because I'm a gambler. So I will just go to Vegas because otherwise I would have to pay for my hotels and stuff in Phoenix. Yeah. So financially it made more sense. So uh, we've been planning a trip to Vegas. Uh, we were supposed to go for a bachelor party for a friend that isn't uh, into, into wrestling. Um, but my, my friend VJ, uh, we were going to go to his bachelor party. Of course, that got canceled last year because of the, the pandemic. Uh, well, things are pretty much opened back up. We're kind of doing a make-do to him. We're, we're, we're really looking at the first weekend of football season uh, going out. He's getting married in August, so it would be a month previous. So have the hotel booked, have my flight booked. We're ready to go. And then the WWE announced SummerSlam. Well, not officially announced it, but it's, it's going to take place in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Um, now, I can get free rooms yet again for that day. Um, I haven't spent my frequent flyer points, so I can get a free flight to Vegas. It's in August, though, in Vegas. Uh, but 
not only would I have SummerSlam, they just announced Manny Pacquiao's boxing that what should be that same weekend unless they change the SummerSlam date too earlier, which doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure it's going to be August 22nd. Um, so my question to you is, should I do Vegas for SummerSlam and then go three weeks later to back to Vegas for my regular uh to trip already so i need you guys as two men that can't travel the world alone two men that have a ball and chain known as children and wife and uh me who's just very lonely uh what should i do guys you got the you got the money and the miles to burn go for it yeah i mean that's my thing you don't have anyone that you got to answer to for it you're going to get paid the same way at work. You're not losing any pay. You have the time that you need to take off at some point. Anyways, you have enough advanced notice. Like, I don't see why not. Um, well, money would be one. Obviously, I do spend what I want, but I'm, I'm not rich by any means. You know, I'm not buying duplexes or anything like that. So I don't have that sort of money. Right. But you... No duplex city money. No duplex city money for this guy. So you just don't buy, you know, uh, something from ringside for a week or two. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Kevin, because they put up the pre-orders <laughs> for Series 6. I'm actually watching, guys, and I feel free to talk freely about this with you guys. I'm on eBay right now, and I am currently watching what is listed as Sting, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, WCW, Toy Max Wrestling Buddies. Hmm. Okay. Did you know that they had wrestling buddies from the 19, you know, late 80s, early 90s wrestling buddies? Uh, there's a flare. There's a sting. Let me show you guys on the camera. I feel like I've seen that sting, but I think that's the only one I've seen. And a Luger. Oh, that maybe, Luger looks familiar. Maybe while um, watching pay-per-view, some kids were holding it up. Yeah. Or something. It, so I'm currently... I'm currently watching this, and right now it's listed at $120. For all three? All three. Now, individually, they go for like 300 Yeah. So I may buy this and flip or add them to my wrestling buddy collection. You need a bigger couch. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, why not go for it? Like, no, you're not rich, but you're also not putting yourself out living on the street by this either i might not yeah so oh, educator it's not even our episode where we talk about uh uh you know what we're getting but educator uh showing the resident evil village oh, ps5 game hold the trigger on the ps5 game baby i like it i like it i also bought a ps5 game this week <laughs> but let's get into that kevin did you buy any ps5 games this week I did not. I didn't even buy like a PS2 and a PS3 game to put together and make a PS5 game. Okay, but you do have a PS3. I do. I do. It's glorified Blu-ray player. And it's currently in the bathroom with the rebottle going on, which was supposed <laughs> to be taking one week. One week. It's not taking one week, huh? Week. One week. We're in week three. Boy, oh boy. Sounds I think he's going right. to be in the kitchen longer than he anticipated. Also, the the front porch is getting completely redone. Not like the inside porch where we sit, but like the actually leave our house porch. That's getting ripped out and redone too. 
Jeez Louise. Whoever, uh, my guess is the man's going to sell it. Whoever buys that place, really. Just just making out like a bandit. It's going to be all new. It's going to be great. You know? Sort of. Sort of person stumbles into something like that. Like falls <laughs> falls upward. Falls off. Fails upward, folks. Fails Only upward, in America. Baby. All right. But why don't we give the people what they want, what they came here for? Oh, we're all going to hug. And that's more glow action. Um, oh, God. Okay. So help mm-hmm. me out, Kevin, with the numbering, because I have been changing the numbering. You have. We've been fighting it in our in our notes and back and forth. All right. Uh, uh, because, because so because the first episode was like a prelude episode. Yeah. So it technically wasn't the run for the rubies tournament, but it was listed as run for the rubies. Right. Think of it as uh, episode a pilot episode zero. episode zero. Yeah. You know, uh, a beta test. All right. So we had episode zero and one. Two mm-hmm. and three, so we're technically doing three and four. Well, we're doing four and five, and how it's listed. Four and five. But yeah, 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 four and five. So four we'll have we'll right. have an odd number for a while, right? Not at odds, but we'll be odds. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing episodes four and five. Uh, we're going to start off, guys, in the the women's locker room as we always do. But oh, we do have to talk about this because. We are introduced to a new character. I get a couple we, questions. With we have this a segment. debut here. All right. So we are introduced to Stinky and Sneaky, the New York Street Punks. Mm-hmm. Stinky has a job application to become a glow girl, but isn't she already a glow girl? Weird. All right. I don't get it. Maybe she's Is it like a ch- She's like a Barry yeah. Horowitz must be and wants to get con- gets a contract. Funny thing is that's the same name I was going for as well. Yeah. If you think of Stinky as a jobber who is employed with the company, then she's not an official glow girl. She's not in the group rap or anything like that. And yeah, I was going with a Barry Horowitz one. I'm a part of this company. I'm on every week, but I'm in the losing position. Now this is Stinky's application to be an official glow girl, to maybe get some wins, to maybe get some attention. And she brings along her friend Sneaky there. Okay. Uh, I feel bad for Sneaky because we hear from her. She's she little... doesn't get a gl- she doesn't get a glow rap entrance. Nope. nope. Then they do an inset with Stinky, where <laughs> with she's like, "Where's Sne- where did Sneaky go?" Mm-hmm. It's just Sneaky. She's not. So there. she yeah, was never confused by that. She wasn't so. booked for the interview. Uh, also, too, Sneaky, not who we think she is. She's not the girl in the blue in the intro video. No, so we no, still don't know who the blue girl is. I coming up coming up later. You know who it is. I do. Ooh, a little teaser for later. So, uh, um, is, it, is it Sarah or Mabel? It's not. It's not. It's not. I think uh, I think Sneaky and uh, Lil Fiji are having the dark matches before every show. Oh, okay. There you go. I like it. They're on Glow Evolution. Glow Dark. Glow Dark. Yeah. Glow in the Dark. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, of course, we're at the beautiful Riviera Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, Vegas, what's up? Uh, the cr- we get our card rundown. Uh, I did make a note of this because they talk about Nanachka being Benedict Arnold. Um, I thought she was the face. I'm confused of what I'm supposed to feel for. Her. Is she a heel now still? She, I was under the impression she, yeah, she turned face. I mean, in the middle of the match, uh, the commentator talks about how she turned her back on Aunt Kitty and blah blah blah, and so yeah. To me, she's t- I I feel she's a face character now. 
she should be faced no different than Daisy's now a face. If Glow was better booked or the announcer could put things over, I would have been okay with she is a betrayer. She turns her back on everyone, so she's past heel. She, even the heels don't want anything to do with her. She's she's that far removed from it. I could have done that too, but that's not how they're putting it over either. And she's not wrestling like she's going out there and just wrestling like a face. She's going up against opponents. I don't think she has any idea she's getting buried by the announcer on, on for the commentary. Matches. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder if maybe because uh, uh, Joe Sposo there from At Odds was nice enough. He sent us a link to. Nanachka having a match uh, in AWA, not under the Nanachka gimmick, because we kept saying like how good of a wrestler she is, and she must have worked somewhere else. Maybe that's what was happening at the same time. So they're purpose. It was burying someone on their way out. Maybe, maybe. Um, so, anyways, we get our shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip. Then we go right into our glow wrap, and that leads us to match number one on the card, which is. Uh, Chris Starlander taking on Ninachka. Love it. What did you uh what did you think of this? And I like I will say uh Ninachka's finish here. I like the Moonsault elbow. I wish she does. I wish she would have at least jumped more on the elbow part. Yeah. It was, yes. it was a weak drop elbow drop that she hit. It's a cool move. If she could just take advantage of the momentum and snap it back, you know, with the elbow drop. Um, could could someone do a moonsault elbow and make it look good? I mean, obviously you can make it look good, but or is that too uh, could be too damaging to the person taking the move? I think you I, I don't think it'd be damaging to the person taking the move. I think it would be you're looking at like whiplash neck trauma for the person doing the actual moonsault into the elbow drop. Yeah, I mean, there's a way to make it flow a little more naturally than Ninochka did, but it, you, I think you still need a little bit of a stutter stop to it. You can't right. full stop like she did, but maybe just a pause for a moment, and then that's all the momentum you're actually bringing it back, but looks like you're bringing it back in full. Yeah, it reminded me of when AJ will do the moonsault into the uh, kind of reverse DDT. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I which I really enjoy. So, uh, but yeah, match number one, guys. What did you, what did you think of this one? I had to shut off this show and walk away after listening to the commentary and the burial. Um, I'm like ready to walk away from the show completely. To be honest with you, at this point, we're like we got six episodes left uh, of this season, and the last couple of weeks, I've been really starting to pay attention more to some of the commentary barbs that you guys have been mentioning that you've been picking up that I really hadn't been listening to because I've been, you know, more focused on the actual in-ring stuff and not the commentary. And then I noticed last week and I went back and re-listened to our episode and I started picking up on some of the commentary things that uh, this color guy is doing. And I'm, I'm absolutely disgusted with uh, the commentary that this guy does in this particular match and the the mocking and the ridicule that he does throughout the episodes when he's ripping apart, you know, Ninochka, he's he's making fun of Big Bad Mama, he's making fun of uh, of Beastie, he's making fun of Godiva, all of these plus size women. It's it's ridiculous. It's the guy comes off 
are, are are we are we allowed to to swear on here? I forget if we got the the okay or not. The guy, co- the guy comes off as, a um, and I just it's it's ridiculous. And uh, I honestly I, I I want really nothing more to do with this show after this episode. But I am absolutely going to power through. I committed to you guys in finishing this season, and uh, but. Uh, I have no interest in doing anything else with Glow once we finish this particular season because I'm just disgusted with with the commentary. It's the Nanachka ones that push it over, too. Like, if it was just Big Bad Mama and for that character, I could probably let it go. Beastie, a lot of it is just, oh, she's this weird road warrior thing and she is biting the bone and biting her opponents and all. Like, I could probably let it go. There's enough little things that are okay on their own, but he goes so over the top awful with Nanachka that then it makes everything else accumulate that much worse. Right. It's, it's almost the, in a way like the consequences culture thing of, Oh, do we only have one example of something? No, we don't. That's our biggest example. But now that that has seen the light, here's all these other things that hadn't really gotten the attention that maybe they deserve too. You're like, Oh my gosh, now we have a ton of things to look into here, but you need that one big one to get it moving. I'm sure when this, I mean, I'm sure all of this stuff is taped and then you've got just this guy on a headset doing the voiceovers for a separate production. I mean, this isn't going on live while, while these were actually taped, but I just, how this somehow like, got approved as like final edits and like wasn't processed at all about how like ridiculously disrespectful demeaning just how much of a dick this guy comes off as is as just a chauvinistic douchebag um it's just disgusting it really is i wonder i'm gonna see if this guy's still around there's nothing i can do right now during the episode i'm gonna see if this guy's still Mm -hmm. around there, there's no way he's got to be like, uh, he's got to be like one of the writers. It's the only thing I can think of. Right. Um, right. But I'm... my, my question for you guys though, too, is when, when we were starting to tackle glow and, you know, I think we all had a little bit of knowledge about what the, what the show is. Um, any wrestling fan knows what it is, but not sure exactly, um, you know, what we were getting ourselves into. Is it living up to the hype? Not the hype, but like, is this what you thought it was going to be? Did you think it was this kind of boring variety show, as weird as that sounds? Um, I, I don't know if it's just me and the, just the bad taste that's been left in my mouth after watching these two episodes that we're about to talk about today. I it, This has just become a huge disappointment. I guess. I mean, it was interesting at first, uh, but now I just, just l- looking back at the last couple of episodes and just listening to uh, the commentary, uh, just the degrade degrading of the, of the of the larger, thicker women. It's just, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's dumb. I want to see. All right, I can't do it right now. I want to see if there's any way I can go hold this guy maybe see if I can Skype it for a hot tag and just see if I can learn more. If he was like told to do this for various reasons, that's a different story. 
if he looking back, you know, 30, 40 years later is like, I, I was making dumb jokes. Then I've learned better. I'm so sorry for, it. I wish I could take it back. That's no different story. If he's still making jokes like this now on some like, you know, FM morning zoo program. I, he's an ass. My you question, know? like, I'm just curious. My question to you, Kevin, I know you're saying you want to get him for the hot tag, but I mean, do you think Bubba the love sponge would want to do the hot tag with us? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, so anyways, Educator, you seem to have enjoyed this match in the commentary. Why don't you break it down for us? Uh, so we, the start of the match, we have Nanachka coming down to the ring after Stars already made her entrance. We already hear commentary just starting to rip apart Nanachka. He's referring to her as the prancing pink asteroid. We see Star getting on the microphone. She cuts a terrible promo about how Nanachka is a turncoat and and now she needs to pay for you know what she's done and how she's walked away from Aunt Kitty and the crew. We see the start of the match with Nanachka with a double leg sweep and then a running drop kick to Star, knocking her down on the canvas. We see Star able to recover and she eventually does a single leg monkey flip from the corner uh, and then eventually does a uh, corner Irish whip. Star goes to the boat too many times already, tries to do a second monkey toss, but Nanachka essentially just blocks it and kind of dead weights her down and, and prevents her from flipping her over. Nanachka does hit a sunset flip and does a pinfall attempt, but Ray, uh, Star is able to counter with a, a leg scissors to Nanachka's head. The commentator refers to Nanachka as a blob that looks like a balloon in the Macy's you know, Thanksgiving Day Parade. The commentator talks about how he can't believe that she used to be a holder of the glow crown. The only thing that she can now hold is a charter membership to Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, what are we doing here? Um, you know, Ninochka goes for a big body slam, but Star was able to reverse it and hits an impressive scoop slam of her own. Uh, the commentator refers to after that move set attempt that. The pink elephant referring to Nanachka and her gear couldn't follow through. She must be tired from all of the return trips that she had to the buffet. Uh, Star hits a back body drop. Uh, Nanachka was able to do a wind-up pump to the uh, punt to the head. That ends up knocking Star to the canvas after she was able to recover from that back body drop. We see Nanachka hit with a running leg drop. The commentator is poking fun at Nanachka, calling her Miss Pigovich. Uh, Miss Pigovich had to counter because she knew her fat was to the fire. Uh, so she had to, you know, do something, you know, really crass in order to get out of that situation. We see Nanachka finish the match. She climbs to the top rope after that big uh, running leg drop. She does a backflip off the top rope, you know, lands on her feet, but then hits a very weak elbow drop to a downed um, star. And uh, gets the pinfall victory after uh, Nanachka folds up the star. Says that um, when when she had went to the top rope, that you know Nanachka is liable to collapse the turnbuckle if she's on there too long. Nanachka is able to fold up star, gets the one two three pick, uh, victory. Uh, commentator after the match says again that don't expect there to be a victory party as she, meaning Nanachka, had ate everything before the match. Um, it's just this guy's disgusting. He's an asshole. I just, it's ridiculous that this somehow got approved and then was ended up played on like WPIX and other stations. And like, I, I'm just, I'm shocked that other stations like would continue to play the content after this blatant, 
just hostility towards women and degrading of women. I'm still I'm starting to wonder if Nanachka is on her way out and that's what's going on here. And the way Glow's taped, we would have no way to know for sure. Right. You know, matches can come and go whenever. But one of my reasons for really thinking that on here is all of the offense that Star gets in. Which we've pretty much agreed. Like, Star is one of the worst ones on here. Right. Star is horrible. And Nanachka here as, you know, the former champion, uh, as one that we thought could be something in other promotions. And she is just, like, getting in all this off uh, offense on Nanachka. So I kind of think, like, something's a little amiss here. Something's off. And and that's my best guess, that she's leaving and they're just burying her on the way out. Like, how dare you be so ungrateful? We had to take the title off of you. You know, you're you're finishing up a couple dates in your new gear. I don't know. It's my best guess here. Yeah. It's uh it's something. Uh it's it's crazy to think that uh Nanachka was your main event three, four, five episodes ago. Yeah. And now you are degrading her in the first yeah. opening match of the uh on the card. So Absolutely. Ripping her apart. Yeah. Yeah. How much is she she's fallen, you know. It's crazy. Uh, but anyways, why don't we follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope? Um and he has a consultation with Roxy. Aster. Roxy. Aster. Roxy Aster. Um, yeah. Then we get Wants a shampoo commercial. Things. Then we yep. get Zelda Zingers. And then we go into match number two on our card, which is the debut of Stinky and Sneaky taking on the cheerleaders, Cheyenne Sheer and Vicky Victory. Uh, what did you guys think of the New York Street Punks? I like the fact that, and this is going to sound weird, I like their gear. They're not the over-the-top thong with the, you know, the nude-colored spandex underneath or, you know, pantyhose or whatever that they have going on. They actually look like women professional wrestlers, not in bathing suits, you know, thong bathing suits, and are parading around the ring. Um, they look like they belong in a wrestling ring kind of deal. Can, so. I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. All right, so... Stinky and Sneaky, they have a, a pretty um, a, a nasty um, kind of gimmick, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cheyenne Shear and Vicky Victory. Um, so they're cheerleaders, right? Do you think they're like yeah. college, college or something? Varsity, varsity, college, college cheerleaders. Could you could you say this is the Nasty Boys versus the Steiner Brothers? <laughs> like <laughs> in in the well. grand scheme of things, <laughs> like Stinky and Sneaky, they're New York Street Punks. Really is the nasty boys is what their, their right, yeah. gimmick should be going for. And then the, you know, the cheerleading are your collegiate wrestlers. <laughs> it's a stretch, man, but I, I are see they potatoing it. each other. Like it's Halloween havoc. 89. <laughs> They're potatoing each other hard here. <laughs> it was a fun match, fun match between the two. Um, you know, there's, there's something here with, with stinky and the, and the, now the, the, the sidekick sneaky here whether this could turn into something long-term who knows i mean it's these two seem more like a, a realistic pair that should be tagging up compared to like dementia tagging up with um with daisy you know it just it seems right or or beastie and godiva tagging up i mean these two it makes sense. It's they're akin to like Thunderbolt and lightning. They're akin to like Hollywood and Broadway Rose. These two couple together. It makes sense. 
They're not just two very different individuals that are just thrown together in a match. Justice and Liberty, two very different individuals that are thrown together as a tag team trying to get a pun on their names. But these two, they being together makes sense. I I just want to say also, they do make sense. Um, Liberty, haven't seen in a while. Lightning, we've seen a lot. Haven't seen Thunderbolt in a while. Curious what's going on here with this, uh, you know, our quote, new season of Glow. It definitely seems like we got a roster change, too. But again, because of the odd editing of episodes, you're, you can never be sure who's actually here and who isn't. Um, Stinky, though, between this match, teaming up with Sneaky, having her application be a Glow girl, like, she, out of nowhere, becomes this underdog that you want to cheer for despite being a heel. Like, I, I want Stinky to make it now. I want her to make it into the upper echelon of Glow. I want her to have a good tag partner and all. Like, I'm rooting for her in this. Uh, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this uh, this Steiner Brothers versus Nancy Blake classic match. <laughs> so we see the start of the match. The heels end up hitting a double drop kick to Cheyenne Shear when their backs were turned as they were doing a cheer when Cheyenne Shear and Vicky Victory were doing a cheer in the ring. Vicky Victory tries to do a drop kick to knock Sneaky. Our Sneaky out of the ring is successful, but now we see the start of the match with Stinky and a down Cheyenne Share. Stinky is twisting, uh, hits a twisting running body press to Cheyenne Share. Stinky runs to the top rope and hits a high cross body, gets a two count from the referee. We see Cheyenne Share hit an Irish whip and a drop down, and it causes Vicky Victory to leap over, but eventually Vicky Victory hits a clothesline as part of a response. Vicky, uh, Vicky Victory does a top rope kick uh, to Stinky and then does a very weak split-legged kind of like uh, split leg drop off of the second rope, only gets a one count from the referee. We see Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Share work a double team maneuver where Vicky Victory does a double leg into a catapult. And as uh, Stinky is thrown up and forward, Cheyenne Share hits a pretty decent looking clothesline. We see good, good double teaming by the heels eventually working on Vicky Victory's left leg. They're straddling her leg over the, uh, the bottom rope and one is holding the leg over the rope while the other is like doing uh, seated sentons over the knee and the thigh working on the actual leg of Vicky Victory. At one point, we see Sneaky uh, straddling Vicky Victory split style uh, with her leg over the rope itself and then does a sit-down senton over the leg. It actually looked pretty uh, stretch impressive for Vicky Victory to be doing a split in the ring, but one of her legs, you know, being caught over the rope as they're working, a, you know, a, a knee maneuver uh, on her body itself. Eventually, Vicky Victory is finally able to recover. She tries to do a top rope maneuver and jumps off, but when she lands on the canvas, she ends up selling that her knee is very hurt. Vicky Victory is able to eventually hit a uh, grab onto a side headlock, and uh, Sneaky comes in with a big atomic drop as a response to it and uh, drops Vicky Victory across her knee. We see Sneaky with an Irish whip. Vicky Victory hits a, a, a leapfrog running over Sneaky and is able to get essentially the hot tag over to Cheyenne Share. Sneaky is able to do a hip toss to Cheyenne Share. She ends up stomping a down Cheyenne Share in the middle of the ring. When Sneaky goes for another Irish whip to Cheyenne Share, Cheyenne Share is able to do a pretty impressive looking twisting body press to escape a body slam attempt by Sneaky. Cheyenne Share ends up hitting a leg sweep and then a, like a handspring into a cannonball leg drop 
only gets a two count from the referee. We see Cheyenne Cher basically do a single-legged monkey flip toss from the corner uh, into the middle of the ring. Cheyenne Cher ends up locking onto an arm bar and then cradles Sneaky into a unique roll-up pinfall and does get the 1-2-3 pinfall victory. Your winners of the match are the cheerleaders, Cheyenne Cher and Vicky Victory. Post-match, Stinky decides to bring her gimmick bone that she carries with her to the ring. She kind of starts beating uh, Sneaky over the head with the bone, uh, annoyed and mad that she ended up losing the fall for the match. And then we eventually cut to Godiva's Bear Facts commercial. No, no treats. I do not have a gimmicked bone. See that one coming. Uh, share best wrestling match by far. She's absolutely fantastic here. Um, Vicky, though, I got to give credit for the flexibility when when they're just have her draped over the rope and working her leg. I'm like, all right, that hurts and everything. But we've seen her do, you know, certain moves and all. She can certainly do this. But you're right when she does that one like a, a north south split and the other legs pulled back and they're working the front leg. I'm like, how is she doing this? How is she even dealing with this and, and selling it and not crumpled up in horrible pain? I mean, you move my leg like just a quarter of the space that she was. I'm done. I'm, I'm I've torn everything. <laughs> yeah, except torn every except when you steal pizza, then your leg works perfectly fine and you can run away from that camera. I rubbed the pepperoni on it. It helped it. It was like a salve. Your pepperoni doesn't go that far down your way. <laughs> so did anyone else think that Sneaky wasn't going into the match at all? Like, Stinky works so much of it. I just assume stink- Sneaky... Wow, geez, that's going to get tough if they continue on. I assume that Sneaky was there, like, really as a trainee, just as a body. Like, all right. We need to put Stinky in a tag match, but you're not ready to do anything in here. So we're going to just kind of have you to the side and maybe punch someone, kick someone. That's it. And otherwise, just stay out of the way. Like, it's a, it's a real 90-10 for a tag match here. And she's not awful. She She's your bare minimum glow-level talent here. I would predict we don't see Sneaky ever again, though, if I had to guess. I think something happened. It was a tryout match. She's just there. And we know not all of it is up, but Glow had a season four and and anyone from Glow says we were, quote, abruptly canceled. So I don't know how abruptly actually was, but it wouldn't shock me if the the big change in the talent that they had from season two to three, because there was like maybe three or four that hung on and everyone else we've been watching is new. They were probably getting ready for that again. And that's why we see some random things going on here like maybe they weren't official but maybe they're getting ready to be part of a next season yeah it'll be fun to find out to see if we get more sneaky action in the show do you think stinky had the same bone that beastie had it's just the the prop bone for glow much like the prop cage yeah probably i think it's probably just i don't feel like they're they're breaking the bank yeah i feel like everything yeah we'll we'll get to that later though when we get to the Ooh. Um, Tiffany Mellons and the uh, Roxy Astor uh, match with their bags full of cash. So, uh, but why don't we follow that up uh, with Godiva's Bear Facts? We get MTV's Glow Connection. Oh, baby. And, uh, and, and, and we got probably 
I know I'm probably taking away Hellion's Thunder here. Uh-huh. Probably probably got the quote of the night here. Yup. Cheyenne Share should do the jerk because it's only natural for her. Uh-huh. Now now do they mean that she dates guys that she shouldn't, that don't treat her right? Or does it mean that she gives out some uh hey, how are you? <laughs> she did that night. <laughs> some, some hey, how are you's? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Why is that wow. the first time I've ever heard of that? <laughs> God damn, my life would have changed if I would have. We could have called it that all the time. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Uh, so why don't we get into match number three on the card, which is Evangelina taking on Babe, the farmer's daughter. Um, a, a few things I, I noticed was when they do the glow rap for Evangelina, uh, Daisy's still with the glow bad girl. Da- Daisy's still a heel. Um, you know? And this match was this match super quick. I mean, this is very, very, very quick. I mean, do we even have notes to cover it? Oh yeah, there's. I have notes. All right. Well, why don't you take it away? Like it is so quick though. I looked down, it wrote is. everything down, looked up. It was over. It was over. Promo to start the match. Fun with Evangelina saying that Babe is nothing but a lewd hussy, staying up till nine thirty in the evening, being out. It's crazy. Uh, we see Evangelina start the match with an Irish whip, is able to pick up Babe into a fireman's carry, and then turns it into essentially almost like a. Attitude adjustment slam, uh, a la John Cena. We end up seeing Babe doing a two-handed arm drag to take Evangelina down to the canvas. Evangelina is able to do a corner Irish whip, and she does a double-handed choke hold uh, to just before the referee's count of five. Babe is able to get out of the corner by stra- uh, grabbing onto the corner turnbuckle with her back to it and hit a double-legged mule kick. Uh, to knock Evangelina down to the canvas, and she hits a splash. She ends up getting a two-count from the referee. We see Evangelina with a body slam, an Irish whip into the ropes, but Babe is able to do a leapfrog and rebound and hit a running crossbody and gets the 1-2-3 pinfall victory. So your winner of the match with a running crossbody off an Irish whip is Babe the Farmer's Daughter. I, I just went to cage match while you're doing the rundown of the match to see if they have a time on it, and they do not. I can't imagine it was more than two minutes, though. It, c- it couldn't have been that long. No. Uh, my question, like, Kevin, though, is, and maybe I should address this more to Adam Van, but as if you were going one-on-one with Babe, would you last more than two minutes? I Okay. I think the question <laughs> is... I think the question is do i know what's going to happen ahead of time because if i got time to prepare i might be able to double that with, but, with a little hey how are you beforehand yeah 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 but if it if, if it's get not the blue a, chill the roman yeah, swipes surprises me yeah so adam van please chime in i almost want to message him about it but i know they're calling matches right now uh, I, I did like educated point out the baby's out till nine thirty in the evening, so she's a hussy on her yeah. country girl dates there. Right. Um, 
Evangelina choking babe and yelling to the ref, forgive me. Forgive me. That was fun. Oh my gosh. A a better character doing that. Like Undertaker, Alistair Black, uh the fiend when he's in a, a gimmick where he can talk. So like that could be really cool going on. Here. I was getting from Evangelina in this match, I was getting Bailey in the performance center vibes. Really? With how she was playing with the um, audience and, and not audience, but with the okay, ref I'll and the announcers that. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really putting on a show for who is within the sound of my voice here. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah. Bailey Mitch is usually going over two minutes. No, no. To go back to your Adam Van question. No, not when I'm involved. That intergender match. Oh, knock, knock. Hello. <laughs> Knock knock hello and hey hey how are you? <laughs> those those, sound like, those those both sound like Miss and Morrison songs. <laughs> knock knock hello to the Quavos. <laughs> what, what was the stupid song they did for Bad Bunny? I don't know. Oh, knock knock hello. Remember, remember to go from the most seen superstar to the moist seen superstar. Moist. All you have to do is add I. Okay, why don't we go move on to Beastie's Beanery? We get a shampoo commercial, then once again we get oh, Beastie's Beanery. You got no one's gonna talk about it. Oh. Are they run are they running out of extras for Beastie's Beanery? Who was the customer? It was Johnny C, right? It was Johnny C. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like he's been the extra the entire time. I don't know. They've had different no, it's people. Been the older guy. They have. Oh, they know, only filmed that girl. on one day. There was no way that they. T- oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tiffany's glow gossip. They were all done in like three hours. Yeah. They're they're queens of one take. Yeah. Can knock all these segments out. Yeah, well, at least Tiffany Melons's. Um. Yeah. So we hit the Beastie Beanery. Then we get our shampoo commercial. Then we get our Mountain Fiji dream sequence with Babe, the farmer's daughter. And that leads us to match number four on the card, which is Broadway Rose and Hollywood taking on Roxy Aster. Who? Roxy Aster and Tiffany Mellons. What do you guys think of this one? The Park Avenue knockouts versus the East Coast, West Coast connection. Is that right? East West connection, baby. Fun match, uh, goofy start to the match with the whole purses and the money. Uh, they're brand new purses and they're what the money and the credit cards being in and fun, goofy shenanigans to get everybody to buy into the gimmick of Broadway Rose and the five finger discount. Always fun, good match back and forth between the ladies. Uh, everyone seemed to get ample time in the match to get their stuff in. Uh, fun, fun match, and uh, a fan of the finish, uh, with the backslide. So, you know, love it. A really fun match and all. Um, I, I still continue with, uh, especially for two people in this match, I think we need a face heel switch. There's just natural charm and ability and attitudes coming out of some of them that would be better on the other side here. Absolutely. I, I completely agree, naturally. I think it's the time and era of the... Um... Uh, of when this is taking place of the characters, you know, in the eighties, the excess that was greed is good. Gordon Gecko, all that sort of stuff. You know, they're right. kind of looked on more to, if you're rich and, and you have all this stuff, that's something to be desirable. Not that that really has changed over the years, but 
Um, I, I feel like yeah. It's uh, I think you're right, Kevin. That it does need oh. a change. So, side note here, though. Speaking of rich and spending money on things, next trip we do where we all meet up, in addition to a toy store and video game store and comic store and sushi and stuff like that. Um, is there a like a joke shop in your area at all? Uh, joke shop? What do you mean? To get uh, snakes in a can? Somewhere. Yeah, mine appear to be missing. Just a little knock knock hello. Speaking of knock knock hellos, Broadway Rose, man, what a fox! Um, mm-hmm. So, do you like your tattoo? I, I do, I do like her tattoo. I want to find more out about her though. Like I've googled the name of the actress, I, mm-hmm. nothing. Nothing really. Hollywood is very much out there. Tiffany Mellon's post glow career is out there, but most of them, like, it's real tough to find stuff. All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this match for us? So we have the start of the match with the Park Avenue knockouts. They're in the ring. They're on the microphone talking to Johnny C about how they're so happy with their new purses and uh, their new purses that they, that they purchased that match their outfits, how they have all their money from their shopping trips still left over in their purses, but they were going to conveniently leave those purses in their corner turnbuckle, going out of their way to try to entice uh, some five-finger discount shenanigans from the Hill team. Broadway Rose, of course, takes the bait and ends up stealing the purses, runs to the opposite side of the ring where Hollywood is, and as both of the girls open up the purse, we see those big pop-out snakes end up jumping out to scare the heels, fooling the heels, and, of course, we get laughter from the faces. The heel girls are very upset. They attack. Uh, in particular, we see Broadway Rose hit a leaping headlock takeover, and ends up stomping uh, a down Tiffany Mellon. We see Tiffany Mellon recover with an Irish whip and hits a stiff clothesline to Broadway Rose. Broadway Rose is then able to counter back with a double-handed arm drag to bring Tiffany to the canvas, and she then continues to stomp and does a double-hand choke to a down Tiffany Mellon. Tiffany Mellon reverses a clothesline attempt by uh, by Broadway Rose and hits a back body block to push Broadway Rose over the top rope and onto the floor. Hollywood ends up coming into the ring and Tiffany Mellon is able to hit a scoop body slam and then a few stomps onto Hollywood. Tiffany Mellon goes for a big splash but ends up missing that big splash and crashes and burns to the canvas. Hollywood ends up hitting a drop kick that sends and staggers Tiffany Mellon back into her own corner, and that gives the opportunity for Roxy Astor to tag in. Hollywood is able to actually do a double-handed arm drag to Roxy Roxy Astor and ends up starts working an arm bar onto Roxy. Hollywood is able to do a cradle surfboard onto Roxy Astor, but ends up giving up on it as Roxy refuses to submit. Roxy's able to hit a sunset flip, But Broadway Rose comes in and breaks up the pinfall attempt from that sunset flip maneuver. The heels end up grabbing the uh, legs of the face girl team and ends up doing a double rowboat split, yanking back on the thigh muscles of the face ladies. The face ladies end up countering, but there is a huge struggle to do the counter maneuver as Roxy ends up botching her opportunity to stand back up. But eventually they follow through with it and they do the double rowboat split onto the heel team. We see Broadway Rose with an Irish whip and hits a running knee into the abdomen to Roxy Astor. Tiffany Mellon and, um, is brawling on the floor with Hollywood and the camera cuts to them going back and forth with their brawl. 
We see Broadway Rose with a big snap nair to Roxy. Broadway Rose tries to do a second snap nair to uh, Roxy Astor, but Roxy ends up turning it into a backslide and rolls her up for the big one, two, three victory. The winners of the match, your Park Avenue knockouts of Roxy Astor and Tiffany Mellon. I, I honestly expected more out of everyone in this match, though. Like overall, I didn't find myself enjoying it the way I thought I would for it. Um, I like the robo spot. That's always fun, silly, entertaining. Hollywood best wrestler in the match by far for it. But everyone else just, it, it really seemed like they said, hey, go out there. Someone will tell you when you've been out there for five minutes and then go for the pin. Like there's absolutely no plan. It's a cluster. Everyone's all over the place. You know, you have a few glimmers of of some wrestling talent and moves here and all, but I grossly disappointed the only thing that got me is i was shocked to see roxy bust out that backslide pin i'm pretty sure that's the first time i've seen anyone do that in glow i was just surprised at all to see it happen and it was it was a good pin that made a lot of sense too and honestly tiffany's in the ring too. steal that instead of her weird like suggestively laying on top of someone and holding their shoulders down pin like take the backslide one <laughs> have it be your signature move Educator, I got two questions for you. Number one, did you know that Broadway Rose uh, wasn't the original tag team partner of Hollywood? I did not know that. One interesting thing to bring up. Oh, really, Kevin? Why did you know this? I did know this. Do you know who was Hollywood's original partner? I do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But does the educator know? I don't, so I'm, I'm... Interested on somebody dropping some knowledge for me. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Uh, she's the woman in the blue was her original yep. tag team partner. And her name was Vine. As in Hollywood and Vine. Ah, there it is. Right where Motley Crue plays on the Sunset Strip. Is it? Uh, Hollywood and Vine is definitely like L.A. Your, your yeah. club gimmick yeah. and all. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if they get a direct shout out in the girls, girls, girls video, but they should. You know what I think would be a great post on the retro network is take all the strip clubs mentioned in girls, 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 and see if they're still around. Vi- I'm thinking uh, a video series on YouTube of me and you visiting <laughs> said, oh, you said strip clubs, which I'm sure have turned into buffets and, <laughs> and either way, buddy, either way we're going. So Hollywood and Vine, there we Hollywood go. Vine, they were Glow Tag Team Champions, too. And then when Vine left the company, which obviously they taped you know, the intros and the raps, and then she left, that's why they got rid of the Glow Tag titles and just never put them on someone after. Educator, second question for you. Does okay. your store, video game store, sell 3DO games? We have a couple. A couple of Lucy's. You need to look up to see if Plumbers Don't Wear Ties is one of the games available because that game features Hollywood as as the lead actress. Are you kidding me? No, it's in her Wikipedia page. I'm just going through it. That's crazy. That's fantastic. Yeah, she's on the cover. Like Dana Dana Plato and her her game. There you go. No, poor Dana Plato. There you go. World don't move to the beat of just one drum. That's right. Um, so moving on, we go to reform school with Sarah and Mabel, uh, educator, your favorite segment. 
Oh, using vocabulary terminology at its best. Alibi. Alibi a guitar if she buys the fenders. Terrible. Um, okay. We get our shampoo commercial. We get country girl dates. And then we go into match number five, which is our penalty box match. Um, so, all right. So let me explain the rules. Um, educator, do you have the rules written down? I do. Why don't you go? Uh, so, because you're the educator. I'm t- Let me just go by the participants. Okay. So you have a okay. you have a face team and a heel team. The heel team is led by Big Bad Mama, and that's Dementia, um, and then Beauty and the Beastie, which is Godiva and Beastie. Um, and the face team is Mountain Fiji, Zelda, Justice, and Daisy. Uh, so, educator, what are the rules to a penalty box match? So it apparently is... I thought at first it was an you know an eight woman tag, but it turns out it's just like a brawl battle royal in the ring. And if at any point any of the ladies end up getting caught with doing an infraction of any of the rules, the ladies are essentially disqualified and they have to leave the match, causing their team to be short another participant, um, and they're sent to the penalty box for the remainder of the match. So they can't get out of that penalty box then, right? So okay, you, I mean, you could get like a, a team with a person advantage going on here. That's basically the the whole idea is that if someone is, you know, disqualified, they're sent to the penalty box. So now their team their team is short. So it's like a power play, so to speak. Four on three or three on two or four it's, on two or whatever. It's basically reverse war games. Correct. Um, so I'm going to start off by saying I liked this match. I thought it was fun. It was different. And I thought it was something we would have seen on Halloween Havoc series. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Early Halloween, like 91, 92 Halloween Havoc. Like, I just thought it was, I just thought it was fun. Uh, educator, you hated it. I was not a fan of it. Uh, so Kevin, you're the deciding factor. Did you like this match? No. Coming down to no. Uh, when it started, I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. And if they actually, everyone that went into it had to stay into it, and maybe they're still fighting over in the penalty box, that could have worked. The team having a person advantage, we get less and less people you know, in the ring at a time until we get down to probably one-on-one match. Or... If they were going to go full on ridiculous, I'm going to walk over to the penalty box and I'm going to walk right out and I'm going to do my own thing and just really hammed it up. And, you know, they're uncontrollable and we can't keep people in penalty box. And it's it's comedy of like hurting kittens. Right. Funny. But it's neither. The, The one thing with the penalty box. Where it loses the logic is to go into the penalty box, you have to break a rule. Why would any of the face team break a rule? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the idea would be that it is good for the heels. Like the face would want this match because the heels would then have the disadvantage. So there's got to be a right. way for um, got to be a way for the faces to have to go into the penalty box. And there really isn't um, also too, they really don't use the penalty box whatsoever i mean they go in there and then they're out in two minutes 
um, which is like a hockey game, but they destroy the penalty box. Beastie destroys right. the penalty box. Um, but like I said, I did enjoy it. It was different. Um, so so I, I did like this. You guys didn't. Uh, but educator, why don't you go ahead and, and break down the match for everyone? Hell ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Kevin Hellions break down your penalty box segment of the night. Kevin, break down that box. I really didn't think this was going to be the match. I really didn't. All right, for any of you that this is your first show, once an episode, these two conspire to pick an episode that I have to read my notes for. So my notes are not as detailed as the educators. I just kind of write down uh, certain moves that pop, certain things that are done just to refresh my own memory. And my brain is a very interesting place, so sometimes my notes are very interesting as well. Penalty box match. Oh, there's an actual box. Big Bad Mama, Dementia, Beastie, and Godiva versus Mountain Fiji, Zelda, Justice, and Daisy. All of the Giants of Glow are in this match. Big Bad Mama and Mountain Fiji face off. Everyone pairs off. Somehow there's only one referee for this match and all eight women are fighting. Everyone does a time filler move in the corner against their opponent. Beastie sent to the box first for biting. Oh, the winner will be by pinfall or if every member of the team is inside of the box. Oh, cool. There's handcuffs in the box to lock up the people who have been sent to it. There's way too much flopping around action to actually call this match. Justice gets sent to the box for choking dementia. Big Mad Mama sent to the box next for choking Mountain Fiji. Daisy is in the box for pulling Godiva's hair, but it's done off camera, so we gotta just take their words for it, but that's what happened. Zelda is sent to the box too. I have no idea why. I never saw anything, and no one mentioned anything for it. Mama escapes the box first, so does Justice. Beastie tears the box apart. There's now no one left inside the penalty box. Somehow, when Mama returned to the ring, her team was disqualified, despite people being sent to the box when they're disqualified, so really she should have just been sent back to the box, or her team should have lost by DQ and all sent to the box. Either way, the faces win. That has been your Kevin Hellions Halloween Havoc Breakdown. Let me pull the switch and Abdullah shakes. <laughs> it was pretty much that's why I liked it. I don't know. It, it brought me back to better times when we were covering Halloween Havoc. Before the <laughs> WWE network got moved to the cock. It was wonderful. Educator, anything you want to add about that match or should we move on? Uh I I give Hellions three stars on that one. Oh. I like it. He did all right. He did me proud. I like it. I like it. it The box was actually really well built. It looked cool. It could have been a good gimmick for it. It wasn't a goulash box. Right, right. (laughs) If they said you're in the box for two minutes and then it's a rush for two minutes to take your advantage of you having an extra person while your opponents have someone in the box, that could have been interesting. Really gone somewhere. Just glow, glow glow logic. No logic like glow logic. 
Um, so anyways, we move on. We have Vicky, Vicky victory with a mirror mirror on the wall segment. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Vicky victory's mirror mirror on the wall segment, also known as Declan's favorite segment on all of glow because of the pie in the face. Because of the pie in the face. Which, ironically enough, is why you like Tiffany Mellon's post-gloat career. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is not watched in front of children. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, so then we get our Run for the Rubies tournament commercial. We get Don't Do Drugs PSA with Hollywood. We get our credits rolling. Then we have Johnny C talking with MTV at the end and mtv is money in the bank do you think she wins what's that you think she wins the tournament money in the bank ladder match oh money in the bank i don't know in front of a live studio audience at houston who has looked best in the shirt so far uh big bird Uh, no, they all look fine. I mean, they look fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think you'd think I'd say Hollywood, and she, I think she's second. I think Tiffany so far has been the best. Of course, of course. Uh, what did you guys think <laughs> of this match? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll that. Nope. Oh, what did you guys think of this episode? Ending it. Your commercial, or if I come up with a stupid ass thing this week. <sighs> yeah, what do you want the commercial to be, Kevin? I don't know. Last week's was something. Did you like it? I was. I lost the network listening to it, and I was like, "I hope no one hears me because I can't explain this." All right. Um, on that note, guys, why don't we take a quick little break, and we'll be back after these messages. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Who is the man that collects all the games? Who is the man that teaches all the kids? Who is the man with a right knee that's in pain? Who is the man with a bar in his crib? Hey, there's the educator. Help, help, help. And then see you later. He is breaking down the card so we can better understand this terrible. All right, everyone, and we are back, and we once again are in the women's locker room, uh, and then we are at the Riviera. We get our card rundown. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip. We get our glow wrap, and then we go right into match number one on the card, which is hang on a run. Hang on, what? what? Hang on. I have a question about Tiffany's glow gossip. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> is that your question? No, I did. So she makes a joke about Sarah and Mabel. Sarah and Mabel, they were, you know, everyone's following their smoke. Yeah, everyone used to watch their smoke. Is that reference to Burning Crosses? 
No, one of the matches they had a blowtorch. Remember the garbage can? They threw stuff in the garbage and tried to and set it on fire. But it could be. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. No, I, I, yeah, I, uh, the chances are better that the glow writers are continuing the racist characters and not mm-hmm. that they're referring to storyline from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Probably. It wouldn't shock me. Um, y- y- you know what? There's three people that watch Tiffany. No, there's three people that watch Sarah and Mabel's. No, never mind. Uh, would you, Kevin, would you call Tiffany? <laughs> This sucks. Uh, Kevin, question for you. Enunciate. Uh, Would Tiffany Mellons be a honorary member of the Street Profits? Okay. Okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix this. Park Avenue Knockouts. The girl in the green. What's her name? Roxy. Roxy Astor. Okay. The girl in the, in, in the yellow outfit. What's her name? Tiffany Mellon. Tiffany Mellon. Melons. Not Melons, plural. Not Rocky. Uh, like, yo, Adrian. Hey. Hey, Rocky. Rocky boy. No. Roxy Aster. Tiffany Mellon. Singular. All Granted, right. She, I, has a, she has a nice pair. I will admit. I will say calling her Melons as a joke kind know, of flows and it's it for the character. No, no, we no. also we have to remember that treats grew up at a different time than we did and thus he has the accent and pronounced it rocky instead of Ross, roxy what are you guys talking about one i've always pronounced it roxy all right so that leads us to match number one on the card which is our run for the rubies match which is hollywood taking on rocky aster we we see some interference from aunt kitty she actually gets involved yeah. in that more than just like being a distraction to the referee, like physically, you know, helping for like a double team harm onto, you know, onto Roxy. I mean, there's no, there's no actual strength or energy or effort into it. No, she's kind you of know, holding, she, holding a leg over the rope so that the seated senton to work the knee can happen. Yeah, I mean, she kind of like saunters over and gently grabs and holds onto the foot for a little, you know, hey, hey, it's Conrad, but that's about it. <laughs> hey, how are you? Hey there, it's Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather have like a, uh, a hey, how you doing than a hey, hey, it's Conrad any day of the week. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going to continue on. Just uh, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this match? Start of the match, we see a pretty stiff drop kick, a running drop kick from Hollywood, knocking uh, Roxy Astor back towards the turnbuckle. And then we see her immediately slap on. This is Roxy Astor here uh, being victim to Hollywood's figure four leg lock right at the beginning of the match. At one point, we see Aunt Kitty helping Hollywood by holding Roxy's leg onto the rope as Hollywood would stomp down onto a down Roxy. Hollywood ends up hitting a solid-looking running bulldog and then does basically a double-legged Indian deathlock twist to uh, work on the knees of Roxy Astor. Roxy is able to eventually kick out, 
She does a scoop, uh, ho- a big Irish whip into the ropes and does a big scoop body slam to drop Hollywood onto the canvas, and then she drops a running elbow. Roxy picks up Hollywood into a fireman's carry and basically tosses her uh, Hollywood down to the canvas. The girls decide to do a crisscross, running the opposite ropes and then changing it to 90 degrees, and they do this back and forth a few times. Eventually, Hollywood ends up dropping down and causes like a chop block maneuver to cause Roxy to fall flat on the canvas. Hollywood starts working an armbar onto Roxy Astor. She then does a corner Irish whip where Roxy is able to then eventually bound by jumping off of the second rope and hitting a shoulder block to knock Hollywood down. Hollywood then eventually does another snap mare, uh, snap nair, and then an arm bar to continue to work on Roxy Astor. Hollywood does a very stiff slap, a kick to the abdomen, and a two-point punt to the field goal vage onto Roxy Astor, knocking her down to the canvas. Roxy does a double arm, uh, two-handed arm drag to pull Hollywood to the canvas. Hollywood recovers and ends up working a side headlock. Roxy ends up able to uh, counter that side headlock by ben- picking her up as if she's going to do like an atomic drop or a belly or a side suplex, but instead cradles her and drops her heart over her knee for a backbreaker. Roxy does an Irish whip and sets up and hits a big back body drop to take Hollywood to the canvas. Roxy does a second Irish whip, picks up Hollywood for a big scoop body slam, gets a two count from the referee. Roxy climbs to the top rope and hits a very botched cross body and ends up managing to get the one, two, three pinfall victory uh, against Hollywood. The winner of the match and advancing into the tournament is Roxy Astor post match. For whatever reason, Tiffany Mellon is ringside. She gets into the ring to celebrate with Roxy. As uh, the commentator Johnny C on the microphone announces Roxy is the winner, Hollywood gets mad and does a stiff kick to him in the abdomen and then leaves ringside. I, I'm wondering, we've seen uh, a match last week where people did not get along and stopped working with each other. I, I think Godiva and Tiffany hate each other. But this was very stiff and violent and I'm starting to wonder if, uh, you know, all living together, as the rumor is, is getting to some of the girls, if there is actual hatred and anger, or if it's just the the passion and the excitement over the run for the Rubies tournament and the desire to win the whole thing. Hollywood slapping Roxy, that was a hard slap. That was an especially hard slap for Glow. Absolutely. And then she does two kicks there. Um I, I didn't know if you were describing the kicks or, or asking treats if he was familiar with an Italian delicacy when you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, field goal to the Vaj. Field goal Vaj? Yeah. <laughs> treats, treats, have you made a field goal Vaj lately? Maybe through cottage cheese? No. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> but then there there's just like this lack of effort for things too. Flat out, not just because she's one of my favorites but hollywood should have won this it makes more sense but even roxy like almost allowing herself the loss big power slam huge move should have been finished and she just kind of gets up and walks around the ring like still ends up getting the wind bomb like that would have been it too right there that was an impactful move that could have been it and you have been set i don't understand at all and, and like we mentioned earlier there aunt kitty the one time 
well, geez, the last time we see saw her do anything was what episode one with the arm wrestling match, right? And that was the last time. Like every other week, she's just already out there. Like she has her permanent seat in the front row and gets up, you know, during the matches and all. She's pointless for it. And even here, when she finally does something, I I think it exposes why they don't have her do anything. She botched holding a leg. Not good. Not good. Uh, so we follow that oh, up. Tournament sh- tournament's shaping up, though, treats. Yeah, so, uh, Kevin, let's, <laughs> I forgot, I almost forgot. Thank you for bringing that up to me. So, educator, I, um, uh, like I told you, I got done with work. I decided to watch these two episodes of GLOW before we recorded tonight. Uh, I made it through one, and I was like, okay, I'm getting kind of tired. Yep. It's a little, it's a little exhausting. Two in a row. Not smart. So before no. this match, I actually called Kevin right when this match started taking place. And I said, Kevin, I could have swore Roxy Astor was already in the tournament. Didn't she already have a first round match? Is this a second round match of the tournament? Uh, do, do you know, educator? Is this the second round? I it must be because I do remember Roxy qualifying already when she beat. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I do remember that her was winning. a tournament. But Hollywood hasn't had one yet. I didn't think, or maybe she did. Uh, so let's go to our bracketology with none other than <laughs> Kevin Hellions. Kevin, do you have the glow brackets broken down for us? Because there's supposed to be 20 women in this tournament. Uh, Jesus, with those missing um, matches from a previous season. Sorry. Oh, so you didn't do it. I have the, I uh, know I oh, got okay. it. Previously in the run for the Rubies tournament, Tanya advance by beating Vicky victory. Hollywood advance by beating Tulsa. Roxy Astor advanced by beating Mabel. Sally advances by beating star. That's Justice. Eight. Justice advances by beating Sarah. Ten. Tiffany Mellon advances against Godiva. Twelve. Beastie, er, no, sorry. There's two matches later on tonight. Do you want me to just go ahead? Fourteen and sixteen. Yep. Yeah. And in a second round match, Roxy Astor defeats Hollywood. So we have second round matches happening before the first round is over. So we should have two first round matches taking place probably next week. In theory. And a second round match. Yep. If you could type this up for us in bracket form, and it could be the next episode of Bracketology on the Retro Network, that'd be great. (laughs) I'll see. Let me contact uh, Michael from Wizards there. He made the point that he can set up an Excel spreadsheet for this to make it easier. I like it. I like it. Um, So we follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope. Uh, he's got a consultation with Vicky Victory. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Zelda's fingers, and then we go to match number two on the card, which is Godiva coming out on her horse, being led by Beastie, taking on Cheyenne Shear. Uh, what'd you think of this one? More of the commentator poking fun at the big girls here, uh, poking fun at Godiva. Although Godiva, she's not is... big. That's the crazy no. thing. No, no, and and she's matching. All of the maneuvers that Cheyenne Cher is doing, the handsprings, uh, the twists, the flip, it's crazy. Um, I, I don't get it. Godiva's fantastic here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
like just the showmanship, the story, the goofing around, the like. Yeah. This is a fun match, and I love, I love the kick. To, uh, you know, she missed it. She missed the spot the first time. She asked her to mm-hmm. do it again, and she just takes her head off with a roundhouse kick. It's great. Yeah. So, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? It's funny. The start of the match, we see Godiva starting to mock Cheyenne Cher with the various handsprings they have. Commentaries making fun of. Uh, making fun of Godiva, like there's no way that she can pull any of this off. Only thing that's on Godiva's mind is her cellulite. I don't know. It's no need for it. Uh, the third maneuver uh, that she tries to copy that Godiva sets up Cheyenne Share for. Cheyenne does like a front handstand uh, into her handspring, does a backflip into a handspring, and then ends up doing a uh, a backflip off the top rope. Godiva claims that she doesn't see, uh, she missed the spot, so she asks Cheyenne Cher to do it again, and as Cheyenne Cher does the backflip off the top rope and then does the second backhand spring into a backflip, Godiva just winds up and just just kicks, roundhouse kicks uh, Cheyenne Cher right to the head just to start the match and knock her down. We see Godiva stomping Cheyenne Cher down on the canvas. Godiva hits a corner Irish whip. And follows up with a bunch of kicks and then eventually chart runs and charges and does her Buckingham bounce Bronco Buster in the corner. We see Godiva choking Cheyenne Cher double handed in the middle of the Buckingham bounce. Eventually she's gouging Cheyenne Cher's eyes. Godiva pushes the referee down uh, and shoves him off to the side. And then as the ref was down, Godiva does another punt to the Vaj uh, to Cheyenne Cher for another two points. Godiva with a corner Irish whip. She goes for a second Buckingham bounce, but Cheyenne Cher moves out of the way. So Godiva crashes and burns it in the turnbuckle. We see Cheyenne Cher go climb to the top rope and she does her split leg, you know, cheerleader split legged, you know, leg drop. But the way she ends up landing, she ends up landing like ass to ass onto Godiva, knocking her down to the canvas. We see Cheyenne Cher hit a running drop kick and then does a handstand eventually into a head scissors takeover to bring Godiva down to the mat. We see Cheyenne Cher hit a cartwheel and then turn around and turn it into a big splash. Uh, at one point, Cheyenne Cher climbs to the top rope and it looks like she sets up for a big front flip, you know, cannonball maneuver. But Godiva ends up sidestepping and kind of turns it into like a hip toss or almost like a body slam. Uh, down to the canvas. We see Godiva hit a big scoop slam uh, to toss Cheyenne Cher over the top rope onto the ring apron. Eventually, the action spills out onto the floor, and the referee ends up counting out both ladies to a 20-count, double-count-out finish. I suppose, considering who's in the match and wanting to make them both stay strong, you got to do the count-out but it's not like wins and losses really matter in glow anyways. Like I would say these are two of the upper echelon talent for glow. You know, the people that you could always put into, you know, a, a occasional match that matters here. You're right. Fat jokes are, are bad. And then it, it makes the announcer look even more the fool making them when you see how impressive Godiva is in the ring. Like she's holding her own with Cheyenne chair. Who's most, athletic on the roster probably and she's doing you know move for move with her for and then outsmarting her 
so the announcer cutting down Godiva makes zero sense. You just look like a fool for it. Real fun match, real good stuff. Impressed by both of them. Love the hell out of it. You know, again, other than announcer, I really enjoyed this match. I think my new thing is not going to be to recut Glow in an order that makes sense, but maybe to dub it over. I, I think next season will be the three of us. We'll just mute Glow and we'll do our own announcing for it. And it'll probably be better than what this guy does. Are we doing watch along? Yeah, sure. Why not? And then at the end, I don't know if you guys noticed it or not. Did a fan run up and grab one of the girls or was it staff pulling them away? Because it seems it's mostly the faces, but all of them come out and give hugs to the fans and everything. But there were a few times in both these episodes where fans seemed to get a little too friendly and a little too overzealous. Oh, Kevin, that's um, match number three that we are soon to talk about. Where, yeah, where yeah. Lightning gets sexually accosted by a fan. Yes. Yeah. By some some late teens, early 20s fan. Yeah. Yeah, because there's one here that I, I wasn't sure running into the ring. I'm like, is it someone on the staff running into the ring to separate the women or is a fan taking it a little too seriously and jumping over? And and I couldn't really tell. There wasn't a super glow motion segment, so I really wasn't sure. Yeah, that's coming right up, though. Um, <laughs> so we follow that up with Beastie's Beanery. Then we get MTV's Glow Connection. And that leads us to match number three on the card, which is another run for the Rubies match, which is Beastie taking on Lightning. And this is where there is a fan that forces Lightning to give, forces like a kiss onto her. Yeah, I it's mean, the he's weirdest puckered, thing. He is puckered hard, leaning mm-hmm. in with the lips out, trying to lay one on her. She eventually kind of side dodges and plants one on his cheek, I believe, as a way to avoid, but. Yeah, it was very, very awkward. God. And he he looks the same age that you could almost, if she had a better reaction, be like, oh, maybe it's her boyfriend came to see the show. You know, but she's just like trapped in this. Yeah. Like, how do I get out of this? Both arms. Both arms. I mean, she's a short girl as it is, but I mean, she's very athletic, very strong for her size. And, I mean, this dude just got both arms wrapped right around her neck, pulling her in for the big smooch. She's just not having it. I don't blame her. (laughs) I don't blame her. But why don't you go ahead and uh, break this one down for us, educator? So we see the start of the match. Beastie is choking Lightning against the ropes, but Lightning is able to escape after doing a bunch of runarounds and roll-throughs to try to avoid uh, immediate contact with Beastie. At one point, Beastie finally catches Lightning, ends up beeling Lightning off the top rope onto the canvas. We see Beastie with a corner Irish whip and continues to do a corner choke onto Lightning, eventually does a big hip toss, bringing her back towards the center of the ring. Beastie catches Lightning's attempt to do a head scissors and turns it into a giant swing that eventually is basically almost like a spinning drop powerbomb. At one point, we see Lightning do a running head scissors and ends up doing a jumping elbow drop onto a downed Beastie. Lightning tries to start working on an arm bar, but Beastie ends up countering to do a corner Irish whip. Instead of following through, Beastie begins jaw jacking with the crowd in order to try to get a response. And Lightning ends up hitting a running drop kick that sends Beastie through the ropes to the floor. 
Beastie ends up dragging Lightning uh, underneath the bottom rope towards the floor, ends up throwing her and ramming her head into the apron multiple times, and then Irish whips her into the front row crowd. Back in the ring, Beastie ends up doing an Irish whip to Lightning to send her under the ropes to get her to go back into the ring. Uh, it seemed like it was a botched spot because there was the first time that there was the uh, Irish whip attempt to get her into the ring and lightning and her roll through ends up getting her leg caught. So they end up doing the spot again and lightning clears the ropes to get sent into the ring. Beastie ends up picking up lightning uh, for an upside down uh, bear hug, but she ends up turning it into a big stiff pile driver, uh, dropping down onto her knees, dropping a lightning onto her head and ends up cradling, cradling her to the very close to uh, the ring ropes where commentary suggests that she was using the ring ropes for leverage or was leaning against the ropes. But Beastie is after that pile driver folds up lightning and gets the one, two, three pinfall victory. Your winner and advancing to the next round of the run for the rubies tournament is Beastie. I, I like Beastie as a character. It makes sense for her to not get knocked out in the first round. But Lightning's been fantastic in the last Absolutely. few weeks. Absolutely. So good. Talk about someone I would really build up. And, you know, uh, the the face underdog character here, uh, you know, she can take down larger opponents that you wouldn't expect her to. She's so got a bubbly personality, get the fans behind her and everything. She lost her tag team partner, I'm guessing. You know, so she's kind of on her own and all, but like she gets a little bit more time in this match as opposed to a previous one a couple weeks ago to really get some moves together and get going. I'm like, there is something here. She knows how to string it together. She knows how to do moves. You honestly, you could have put her in the cheerleader gimmick and she would have hung with Cheyenne Cher, I think. And, and maybe even been a better partner than Vicky Victory is. But she is just... Uh, I, I, I'm making the example, not saying they're of similar talent level or anything, but like do her as the Ray Mysterio of glow. Really? You could just build her up so much for it. Um, and I, I think fully understanding why beastie wins still though, that ending is just so bad because it's like the referee sees her holding the ropes for leverage and has to pretend to ignore it and walk all the way around to the other side to force himself into a blind spot. It, it, like something that probably could have been edited and just like, come on. All you had to do was say, you know, kick her hand, remove it from the ropes and, and set up this pinfall again. Like there's ways you could have done this in a more natural way. And I, I think that we, we've listened to hundreds of hours of, if not thousands of wrestling podcasts. And a lot of them will talk about studying someone's in ring work and seeing who's good and who has talent and all. I think one of the things is knowing what beats you have to hit in the match and who to win and also, and then learning how to have a natural flow of a match. And there's very few people in glow that have a natural flow of the match. And Beastie and the ref just like fudging up this ending here puts the brakes on the flow of it. Can't believe they took me out of my suspended suspension of disbelief here. Uh, so we follow that up with Godiva's bare facts. We get a shampoo commercial. Then we get a fountain a fountain a mountain fiji dream sequence with tiffany melons and then match number four on the card is another run for the rubies match 
featuring MTV. Three of them this week. Taking it's crazy. on Zelda the Brain. Um, this, to me, guys, was the hardest match to watch on the card. It was long, longer than it needed to be. For both. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for both uh, shows. So uh, what did you guys uh, what you guys think of this one? Uh, I'm glad the finish was the way it was. I wish it wasn't the same finish to the match that we just covered because it was another pile driver onto the head. Um, goofy shenanigans. I, I like the little bit with Zelda not bot- or not bumping just to get into the ring. Again, I'm not sure why she feels the need to step over the top rope to get into the ring, but you know, I guess it's you know whole, all part of her character. Um, lots of back and forth between the ladies, but uh, the realistic finish that this match could have had, uh, it, it made sense with MTV going over. Yeah, right person won. Surprisingly good beatdown and, and fight involved in here, but you could have cut the match time in half, honestly. Right. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and break this one down? So Zelda ends up avoiding taking a big bump, trying to get into the ring. She kind of celebrates a little bit too early, being excited that she didn't fall, stepping over the ropes, and ends up tripping over her own two feet as she gets into the ring. We get serenaded by MTV singing a song about how she's going to beat Zelda and advance into the tournament. Ends up MTV attacks Zelda with a big double axe handle to the back of her head and back. MTV does a few eye rakes and stomps and punts to the side of, of down Zelda's body. We see MTV ramming Zelda's head into the corner turnbuckle. Uh, Zelda is able to uh, make a comeback in that she ends up stopping MTV in the foot and then ends up hitting uh, like a trip or a drop, a drop toe hole to bring MTV down to the canvas. MTV battles back and does a choke on Zelda in the corner and ends up pushing Zelda over the top rope and onto the floor. MTV ends up doing a snap nair, pulling Zelda back over the top rope from her standing on the ring apron, bringing Zelda back over the top rope into the ring. We see MTV uh, use a step over toe hold to start working on the leg and the knee of Zelda the brain. Zelda eventually kicks out and then action spills back out through the ropes onto the floor. We see Zelda at one point impressively picks up MTV like a full bear hug supporting uh, MTV's full weight. And she ends up ramming MTV's back into the corner ring post. And we get the sound effect and the dong uh, noise from that bump. Zelda ends up bumping, trying to get back into the ring as uh, we see MTV shaking the ropes as Zelda's trying to you know climb over the ropes back into the ring itself. Uh, we see a bunch of rustling back and forth with the girls rolling around on the canvas. Eventually, at one point, Zelda ends up hitting a one-legged drop kick from the top rope to send MTV to the canvas. We see a second drop kick that ends up sending MTV through the ropes to the floor. Zelda tries to attack MTV from the apron. She jumps off of the ring apron, but MTV ends up catching her and then drops her over a knee for a stiff backbreaker. MTV then ends up hitting a crossbody off of the uh, top rope once the ladies got back into the ring off the top rope onto Zelda and gets a two count from the referee. Zelda is able to kick out. MTV then basically puts on a sleeper hold. It's more of a rear naked choke. Uh, the referee starts counting, but Zelda ends up countering with a snap nair. 
MTV ends up scooping uh, Zelda up for a pile driver and similar to the Beastie match drops down to her knees causing uh, Zelda to crash and burn on the canvas and MTV uh, covers her for the pin one two three your winner and and advancing on to the next round Melanie Trouble Vixen MTV I was shocked shocked to discover a deleted scene from Infinity War here in Glow as they battle over a stone. Notice how I never even brought the stone up at all during the... uh, Where did it come from? I just... Zelda had it from somewhere. She pulled it out of her shirt. Because I I rewound them like, did they break off a piece of the crown? Because that would make sense to take like a stone out of that. Whenever MTV's involved, you got to remember, it's probably a rolling stone. Oh, jeez. Honestly, I'm maddest. I didn't think of it myself. You're maddest? Maddest. Most mad. Anger. Take you to reform school next. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, seriously. They fight and fight over the stone. It kind of reminds me, like, of, of a cartoon where... There, there's some sort of MacGuffin to go after and the characters are chasing each other and like one will run by a window and someone reaches through the window and takes it away and then they like Tom and Jerry stuff and then they run over and you know run into an ironing board and drop it and another character picks it up and runs with it for a while I still don't know where it came from or why it's there or anything and for these two characters for it too it doesn't make a ton of sense if it was Tiffany or Roxy and it was like a valuable gem that they were selling. If it was Big Bad Mom and it had some sort of curse on it. Even hell, even if it was Daisy and it was like the last thing that she had of her previous life. Like something. But for MTV and Zelda, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? It makes no sense. And I I paid way too much attention for the match to try to make sense of it. Rewound it. Everything. Nothing. This is such a weird match. Totally agree MTV should have won. I liked Zelda for what the character is. She does not need to move on in tournaments at all, though. No, especially if your undersized baby face is going to be lightning. Oh, absolutely. I would I would put lightning in that spot over Zelda any day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so why don't we move on to Reform School with Sarah and Mabel? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get part of the sentence here using the word duress. We'll eat half of the what? Something? To me, it sounded like they said parked car. Oh, I and didn't we'll, hear what they said. And, and we'll now we'll the rest and, later. And, or, and yeah. save the rest for later. We'll eat half of the parked car. I don't know. It's weird. Oh, uh, that's not the quote I was going with from them. Oh, okay. I was going with when you borrow my rope, put it back in the tree where you found it. Holy crap. On the list of awful things Sarah and Mabel have said, arguably the worst. Yeah, not good, guys. I mean, not good. Not good at all. Um, Then we get our shampoo commercial. Then we get Country Girl Date. And that leads us to our main event of the evening, which is Dementia taking on Daisy in a blood feud. Where's Daisy from? Hagerstown, Maryland. (laughs) (laughs) They announced Daisy from Parts Unknown. I'm like, why? Why? She's free of Grimlina now. She should know yeah. where she's from. She could go back right. to it. And if you're implying that Grimlina took away everything, including her memory, then play that up more. Right. 
Otherwise, she should be from, you know, New York, California, wherever, a small farm field where other daisies are grown. Something other than parts unknown. I guess my question is, why would Johnny C trying to get Dementia's attention with the flowers? God, that's funny. <laughs> why Why would he just start beating Dementia in the back of the so head with a bouquet of flowers? Doesn't make sense. And then he just no. pawns them off to... Over back to Daisy, so that when she turns around, Daisy's the one holding the flowers. So she thinks Daisy beat her with the flowers. It's like that's crazy. See, but but that's what glow should be. It should be dumb fun like that. Yeah, exactly. Not offensive material. Right. I I laugh though. I thought that I was like, this is so ridiculous. It's it's almost like an Eddie Guerrero type thing here right. for it. Exactly. The but patty cake mid match was fun too. Oh, that's fantastic. They yeah. they started slapping each other, too. Yeah, stiff slaps. Dementia slapping Daisy. Big girl rolls right back to the canvas. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, why don't you guys uh, go ahead and uh, break this one down? So Johnny C ends up hitting Dementia from behind as Daisy tried to present flowers to Dementia. Dementia ignored Daisy, so Johnny C grabs the flowers from Daisy and walks over to hand them to her, but again, Daisy knows or Dementia knows selling the flowers. So Johnny C gets mad and just starts slapping Dementia in the back of the head with a bouquet of flowers and then quickly hands them back to Daisy and then bolts out of the ring as quickly as possible. Dementia ends up attacking Daisy. Uh, the ladies start rolling all over the canvas trying to jockey for position. Dementia ends up charging at Daisy, who basically sidesteps her, and that the momentum causes Dementia to fly over the top rope and towards the floor. Dementia ends up dragging Daisy uh, underneath the bottom rope to the floor, ends up hitting a double axe handle off of the apron to Daisy's back. Eventually, the ladies get back in the ring. The girls charge at each other, and they end up ramming their heads together, causing them to fall uh, back onto the canvas. And now they're kind of sitting crisscross applesauce style, and the girls start playing patty cake with one another. And uh, Daisy's showing Dementia how to do the motions, and Dementia responds back by doing the motions and then slapping Daisy in the face. Dementia decides to get up and goes and gets her Big Bird toy. And the girls end up playing tug of war with the Big Bird toy, which at one point ends with Daisy pulling so hard on Big Bird's head, the head ripped off of the stuffed animal's body. And Dementia just um, immediately snaps and takes the other half of the Big Bird stuffed animal toy, shoves it into Daisy's face, uh, acting as kind of like a smothering choke hazard. Uh, Dementia ends up getting DQ'd by the referee because she failed to break the hold. And we hear Johnny C on the microphone yelling and screaming for security to get to ringside. And eventually security grabs Dementia and drags her back to the locker room. Totally fine with the ending of this match, though. Like, for Dementia to snap, for Dementia to attack Daisy, for Daisy to be overwhelmed and not able to breathe and DQ is called for. Totally fine with it. Makes sense. Because otherwise, Daisy in this new role should not be losing. So I'm all right with this. I love this match for the comedy, the goofiness, whatever. That is what I think Glow should be. And, and this was just dumb fun. Some action here, though, and everything. And I could just sit back and, and not have an awful announcer during it as well. But the, the opening flower spots, fantastic. I love Dimension Knock to the Floor and Sitting Up. 
in her, right. her proto undertaker style here Dement like daisy being the much taller one like six two or so but dementia reaching in from the outside getting a hold of daisy's hair and pulling her back down i was like oh geez that was a surprising move there just strength and timing and reach and everything for it petty kick spots fantastic ripping big bird parts fantastic like this was just so much fun honestly because we mentioned potential beforehand the more and more daisy gets into this face run i think the better she's going to be i i think there's a huge upside from daisy here that we're going to see more and more of as the weeks go on and and dementia while not the best wrestler is maybe the best character they have though she just embraces that role so much fun for for all negativity and deservedly so for that first match this last match that we're talking about on this week's episode loads of fun yeah i i think that's clear to me uh daisy's the best wrestler that we've seen in glow in my opinion and i think dementia is the best character you know that's just my opinion um, and then we follow that up, of course, with uh, Declan's favorite, Victi Victory's Mirror oh. Mirror on the Wall segment. Oh, wait, hang on. Because I mentioned for the first episode we discussed that he was sitting down and, and watched it and laughed. By the time I got around to watching this episode, which was the next day, he was in the other room, heard the Mirror Mirror music, and came running, wanting awesome. to make sure he got in time to see the pie in the face spot. I am so upset. I can't remember what I might have to go back to find the episode where she's hit twice, where the first one misses. It glances her in the ear or whatever. Yep. I think I got to bring that one up for him, too. See, and Declan used to think wrestling's stupid. I know. Who would have thought I'd just just take a little. Need to find the right uh, gateway for him. Uh, Just make sure he doesn't watch any of the Sarah and Mabel content. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to keep him away from Probably not good. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then we get our Hollywood PSA of don't do drugs, credits roll, and then Johnny C is uh, hanging out with Hollywood at the end. That happens. Uh, so what'd you guys think of this one? Other than announcer, a lot of good stuff. But that announcer brings it down so much. It's like you have like this amazing, you know, Vegas buffet treats, but someone took a dump in the middle of the room. I've seen it. <laughs> I have seen it. Yeah. Definitely much better than the first episode that we covered. The announcer was not as annoying. Um, of course, apparently Nanachka is the bane of his existence for whatever reason. Uh, he te- seems to be targeting her ever since the face turn. Uh, but still, the annoyances and the barbs that are thrown here and there with Godiva, with Big Bad Mama, with Beastie, it's just not necessary. Do you remember him ever going after Mountain Fiji? Making comments? No. Probably because probably he knows he'd get his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> by her, you know? Yeah, it's like certain things are, are bigger targets for him. Right. I really think he was rejected. No, you're not the, you're not the pretty anyways. I, I think that's going to do it, guys, for Glow. Episode whatever's. <laughs> These two are... <laughs> Four and five. I'm not too sure. We will see uh, next week if we get our the rest of our first round matches. Be very curious. Or if we get some more second round match, yep. matches. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Educator, anything you want to say before you go on your yacht to all the people out there? <laughs> Ahoy, mateys here. Ah, uh, thank you. 
<laughs> what the hell? It's Long John Maddie. Thank you guys so much for uh, your continued support as we are nearing the end of our season. Uh, as always, please check out the Retro Network and check out the various offerings that they have. A thank you to my two co-hosts tonight. Uh, fantastic episode. Uh, some nice witty banner back and forth. Uh, looking forward to see what next week has to bring to us. Yeah, and I just want to say you can always follow me online at Maddie Treats. Once again, that is at Maddie Treats. Uh, thank you to the two of you guys for joining me. Um, thank you to the Retro Network for uh, providing such great content to everyone, really embracing us. Um, and I think we're coming up on our two-year, second-year anniversary. Yeah, Retro Network the next week. Of, uh, I, I had Jason on as a guest on the most recent hot tag, talking all about Retro Network's anniversary. I'm hoping to get Mickey in here soon too. Oh, very cool, very cool. So. Uh, so I know this is going to take place. It's June 1st, right? Is there actual date, Kevin? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So I know, uh, you know, that anniversary date takes place um, after this episode goes up, but before our next episode. So happy anniversary, guys. Okay, great job. Um, yeah. And that's going to do it for me and Mr. Kevin Hellions. Oh, I don't even want to do this. Uh, why don't you take us on? Thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Jason Gross and Richard Reader for our logo. Shout out to our friends over at Odds with Wrestling. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House of Show. You can follow me online at Mast Library. MastLibrary.com is the home blog. You can follow Treats online at Maddie Treats. And you can follow Matt in the wake from his yacht. You can go ahead and check out our show notes for all sorts of great stuff for Patreon and merchandise and all sorts of cool stuff like that. And educator, I have a question for you this week. What do you got? Do you know? Do I know? What Christian Cage and Maddie Treats have in common? Tell me. Whether it's an AEW or on Tinder, both of them are just looking for one more match. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.